Hi gorgeous, this is episode number four and we are back with the wonderful Bob Berg. He is a sales and influence authority and the co-author of one of my favorite books in the world, The Go-Giver. Check him out at gogiver.com and yeah, have fun with this episode. Hi, this is Bob Berg. You're listening to Heart Sells with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. So if you haven't tuned into episode number three last time, make sure you go back and you listen to it. Bob shared a lot of value. We learned um, about rejection, what to do with rejection, how to handle it or reframe it. And no, you don't need to say, yes, I love rejection. You can actually not like it. So tune into the last episode and enjoy. And for this episode, we are going to continue with the elements of value. Let me give you a little bit more information in regards to Bob if you have not tuned into the last episode. Um, Bob Burke, co-author of the international bestseller, The Go-Giver, and a much thought-after speaker at sales and leadership conferences, is committed to inspiring the entrepreneurial spirit in all of us. He shows that companies, both large and small, that conduct their business the go-giver way are not only of much greater value to their customers, they are also significantly more functional and profitable as well. I am so super excited to have Bob back today. So let's dive right into the elements of value. Part of value in a market-based society is that you have something that is in demand, um, but that is not in great supply, <laughs> right? You, that's supply and demand. When you have something that's in, uh, when you supply something that that is relatively rare, and um, and more people demand it, you can charge higher prices. So to understand this, you've got to understand why what you do is special. Now, someone might say, well, what if I sell a product or service that really isn't special? It's a commodity. I mean, it's great, but there's a lot of supply, mm -hmm. okay? Well, what you've got to do then, and, and I think we did talk about this last time, is you've got to be that additional value yourself. You've got to communicate that through what we call the elements of value, uh, excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, appreciation. You make the entire experience so immense that you're bringing such additional value. But, uh, you know, it can be difficult to, to ourselves without help to really, again, see and understand the value we provide. That's why someone like yourself, Christine, you're so important because you are able to coach people and to provide them that advice. You're someone who cares about them, yet you're not so emotionally involved with them right, that you can't really see the forest for the trees as well, okay? Instead, you're enough removed as a professional that you can, you can see where their strengths are, where mm. some maybe weaknesses are that need to be improved in order to bring additional value, but where they're really, where they can lead with their strengths, charge higher prices, and, and feel really good about their what they're doing, and of course, have a lot of happy customers and clients. Yeah, yeah, I so agree. You said something in the last interview that money is the echo of value. Right. 
And I think that's just so perfect for the conversation we're having right now. Um, because, you know, receiving money, accepting money um, is also for some people an issue. Like they then right. feel bad. Well, now I ask for the sale. Uh, somebody said yes, which is, which is amazing. And they paid as well what I asked. So um, now there might be a, a little strange feeling. So how could people get around this and make sure that they feel good with it? Because if they don't, the customer might notice this. Well, this is where you know, law number five from the go-giver comes in the law of receptivity. Mm -hmm. which says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. It's, it's understanding a very simple concept that as human beings, we breathe out and we also breathe in. It's not just one or the other, right? We breathe out carbon dioxide, but we also breathe in oxygen. Our carbon dioxide that we breathe out feeds the, the plants, the trees, the, all the vegetation, right? And they take in that carbon dioxide, they breathe out oxygen, we breathe in oxygen, that feeds us. We all feed each other. It's a real ecosystem, but it's giving and receiving and giving and receiving and giving and receiving. And we all need to be part of that. Um, but as, as part of that, you know, we breathe out, which is giving, we breathe in, which is receiving. And again, there's so much negative information about money and prosperity in the world around us, the messages we receive, many of them subconscious and unconscious, we don't even know why we have these issues with accepting or receiving money, and yet we do. So we need to really study abundance, study prosperity. I always tell people, uh, you know, make sure you read, we get so much garbage that comes into our, our minds anyway through the world around us we get that anyway so we need to go out and proactively seek information to put in our heads and our minds about prosperity so people like you know david nagel the millions within great book people like bob proctor you were born rich great book uh randy gage has a series of books on prosperity that i love he also has a youtube channel called prosperity tv which he does once a week and is Randy Gage's prosperity blog every day. He does. I study those. Why? Yeah. Because we all need to be feeding our minds with good, good prosperity based information. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an ongoing type of uh, growth in my, in my opinion. So did you notice when you started to feed your mind, because so many people are not really aware that they can change their thoughts because they change their thoughts, they can change their emotions with that, they change the actions. So they're not really aware. So do you, do you um, recall when you changed or thought more about prosperity and about maybe the hidden, uh, hidden <laughs> beliefs? Yeah. Um, did you notice that also in your sales that there was a difference? Yeah, when I first got into sales and I, I read the first couple of books on selling, which, which helped as far as the mechanics went mm -hmm. in terms of sales. But I also very quickly realized, and this was told in the books that I was reading, that I also had to start working on myself from the inside, right? right? We feed our vibes, we feed our brains with the um, positive materials and then we, it manifests in outward 
success. And I'm not talking just motivation, or, you know, rah, rah, you can do it. No, that's fine yeah. for what it is, but I'm talking about information, right? Yeah. So I started reading books, uh, you know, like how to win friends and influence people, uh, the, the science of getting rich by, by, um, oh my goodness. I'm, I can't, uh, the, the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles, but I was also thinking the magic of thinking big by Dr. David Schwartz, oh. wonderful books. Um, uh, as a man thinketh by James Allen one that I read early on that really made a huge difference for me because it was all about how the mind works from a set of belief systems that we're not even aware that we have and yet we're always headed toward them is the book psycho cybernetics written in 1960 by doctor or published in 1960 written by dr. Maxwell Maltz so these are all books that you know, that got me started in terms of real personal development. Again, building myself up from the inside out. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one book um, in particular that got me started <laughs> was The Go-Giver. Ah, wow. <laughs> written by you <laughs> and uh, John David Mann. So guys, <laughs> com. And um, Bob has a free chapter of this book, so you can get a feel of it. And I highly recommend the whole series. I have the whole series on my bookshelf, and wow. it is amazing. Thank and uh, it gave me, basically, it gave me permission to, to be more myself and to be open to connecting people, even if I didn't see that the company I used to work for would profit from it. So that was really, really key. And um, you yourself have, have, um, you have another really great book um, with um, going from referrals to, um, yeah. can endless you help referrals. us with uh, Endless referrals, endless network your everyday yeah. contacts into sales. That was my first big uh, selling book. That was written actually, first came out in the mid nineties. And we've had a couple of um, incarnations of it, I guess, the last one in 2005. But that was, and that was written right before social media really came into oh. play. So the publisher of that book would like me to update that again and do a fourth revised version. And uh, so thinking about doing that might, might do that. Yeah, that would be a great idea because I think it's so important that people understand the power of relationships. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you are not in an abundant mindset and you, you, have, you are in lack and scarcity and you don't really know where your next clients are coming from, it's kind of you're shutting down and you only focus on getting money in. But when you actually can use the power of relationships, when people refer you, your clients, and, you know, you have an open mind and you are there to give, then things will change. That's why it's so important. And that's why I highly recommend um, your books. And, you know, a good start would be to go to gogiver.com, join the movement, get the free copy of the chapter, and then go definitely and buy the books because yeah. the, these books are something you can you know, have on your desk and whenever you might feel not strong enough to call the next person or not sure enough if you deliver the value in your offer, you just go through the chapters and get inspiration and, and motivation from that. Thank you. So thank you so much for your amazing work. 
Um, and I know we all learn from mentors and I have written countless books. Um, so um, if people can get your copy, that would be really amazing because it did change um, my sales journey. And it wow. was very, <laughs> very important. So thank you for, for writing this book. Um, so how do you find balance in, you know, sales and business because it is a no and a yes and hopefully mm -hmm. more yeses than no's but there are those days when you know we get more no's than yeses so how how sure. do you find balance um in in your life to be able to enjoy what you're doing and um yeah having that high energy yeah you know um it's interesting i'm not sure that it's as much about balance as it is about harmony. Mm, because yes. I think balance almost says, well, there's a time for this and a time for that, and we separate the times. I'm not sure personally I'm really good at separating things mm -hmm. like that, uh, so, but I think things work in harmony. And when you focus more on the harmony uh, between life and business and this and that and so forth, I think the the balance maybe takes care of itself a little bit, mm -hmm. but we also have to always understand that, you know, that ultimately as human beings, we're always, we're, we seek happiness. Uh, we, and that's not always conscious, but even on an unconscious level, everything we do is always based. And I remember learning this from, from a, a mentor of mine by the name of Harry Brown, who said, you know, there are three basic principles. Everyone seeks happiness, but happiness is relative. We all understand happiness differently. So we place different values on different things. So everyone seeks happiness. Happiness is relative. And then resources are limited. Now that's, that's not to be confused with a lack of abundance. We live in a very abundant universe. But in terms of, of limitations, we all have a limited amount of time. 24 hours in a day we all have that same 24 hours mm. you know we all no matter who we are we have a limited amount of money of energy of knowledge of wisdom we can trade some of it for other aspects but those are cho you know choices and so what what happens is we we're constantly making choices all day throughout the day now most of these are small and unconscious choices some of them are conscious but by by and large as harry says uh, every choice we make, every choice we make, everything we decide to do or not do is based on whether we believe it will bring us closer to happiness based on how we understand happiness and within the choices, the options we believe we have or that are available to us. Okay. So I think when we, when we operate, when we understand that we operate from that perspective, you know, it's not so much a matter of saying, okay, this here, this here, I can do this much, this, and this much that it's that when everything's in harmony, uh, I, I think those, these, the, the correct choices happen more regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this distinction between harmony and balance. And I, I totally get your point of view and agree that harmony is more important than balance because if everything is in harmony, then automatically the balance will be there. Right. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So do you have um, um, like a favorite 
mantra or inspirational quote you could share with us? Hmm. Well, I think really it's, I don't know if it's a mantra so much as much as something I always try to, to keep in mind that, you know, I, that, that in every conversation or in every interaction or transaction or whatever, I try to always make the other person feel genuinely good about themselves. And so, you know, that's, that's something that's congruent with my values. You know, it's something I always saw my parents do and my, my dad uh, always, you know, when I saw him dealing with others. So I think that's something I hold personally as a high value. And it makes me happy to be able to, to do that, to, gen, you know, make people feel genuinely good about themselves. So that's something I think I always keep in mind. I don't know if I, if it's a mantra as much as just a, a general way of being, feeling. Mm. I guess as far as mantras in business, I often say that, you know, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Or I might say that, you know, again, money is an echo of value which helps me understand and it might help the heart-centered salesperson or entrepreneur to realize that to the degree they focus on bringing value to others, that's the degree to which they will be rewarded financially. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. I, I took that from our last conversation mm -hmm. um, and I, I have a little mantra overview where this is um, on it, so uh, wonderful. Um, so let me ask you, some people are more well, maybe introvert than others. Um, when you said that you, in every interaction, you try to make the other person feel good, would you have some tips of somebody who is more introvert or sees themselves more as a shy person um, can make that work for them? Oh, e easier when if you're an introvert. Because remember, as an extrovert, your energy is derived not just from being around a lot of people, but from kind of being the talk, you know, doing the talking and right. When you're an introvert, you're much more likely to want the focus to be on the other person. You're much more likely to ask questions and let them talk. And when you ask people questions about themselves, that right there causes them to feel valued, to feel important. When you ask people questions about, you know, whether it's their family or their occupation or their recreation or, or what they, they, you know, uh, what they're involved in that they really believe in, whether it's a charity, whether it's a cause, whether it's what have you, and they're talking about what's of value to them. Well, right there, you're making them feel good about themselves. So yeah. I think it's, it's, um, I think it's almost easier for an introvert to do. You know, I, I remember when we were talking earlier about, you know, we were saying the, 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 what I believe is the fallacy of the natural born salesperson. That, you know, I mean, like anything else, just like an athlete or a scholar, people have an inclination more to be able to do something, but I don't think people are born doing, you know, you, you get something you got to learn. But I remember uh, being in a, uh, a donut uh, shop and I was standing in line and there was this uh, little boy who was just talking up a storm, talk, 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 talk. And somebody in line kind of, you know, with a wink said to someone, he'll make a great salesman someday. And, you know, the premise was because this little boy could talk, 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 he'd be good sale. Well, it's just the opposite. You know, could that little boy ever be a great salesperson one day? Oh, sure he could, but only if he's willing to lose 
that uh, gift of gab that people talk mm -hmm. about, right? Great yeah. salespeople are not big talkers. Great salespeople tend to be great listeners. They ask questions <laughs> and they listen while the other person uh, tells them what they need, what they want. What they, now they ask the right questions in order to help that person to uh, be able to provide the information that will help the salesperson to help that customer. But being a talker or what we call, uh, I don't know if you, you have the saying in your, um, in, in your country, you know, the gift of gab. They say the gift of gab is something that, you know, when someone just talk and talk and talk and that that makes for a good salesperson, but that's actually, um, you know, not what makes a good salesperson. <laughs> a gift of gab is not a gift when it comes to sales. Uh, the gift is being able to stop talking and start listening. <laughs> yeah, pe people want to be heard and understood. Right. So if you open that space and you ask a question and you listen, mm -hmm. uh, you get amazing answers. And maybe because we were talking just about the gap right now, um, when people say the investment or the price in a conversation, that they then be quiet afterwards. So the person yeah. think right? Sure. Well, um, you know, I mean, when you say the price uh, or the fee or what have you, hopefully by the time you've said it, you've built up sufficient value in that person's mind so that they see the price being here. I'm holding my hand up as we're talking to just about my chin, but they see the value being here and I'm holding my hand up way above my head, right? Yeah. So if the value is in, in that remember value is always in the mind the eyes of the beholder it's what they believe is a value not what we believe is a value but if your prospective customer sees the value as being very high and the price being lower well they're going to buy if they see the price being higher than the value that they perceive they're not going to buy so the real that's why it's so important that when you do your discovery with that person that you ask the right questions and then listen so that you can know what this person is looking to accomplish, how they can be helped through your product or service. And only when you know what they need, want, desire, what problems they have to be solved, what, you know, only then can we match the benefits of our product or service with their goals. Yeah, also oh, beautiful set. Um, and then when we make that invitation and we give them the price slash investment, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really important to be quiet for a moment so they can think and they have the opportunity sure. to say yes. Sure, right? and, and the question that you ask doesn't have to be any kind of slick or clever question. Mm. You just, just ask, uh, would you like to go ahead and get started? Or, you know, depending yeah. upon what you do, you know. Really, uh, that's really easy. And then just like you said, let them, let them answer, you know. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't start justifying, it, you know, your price. Just ask the question, you know, would you like to get started? And just stay there and just be calm in the silence. Let them think. Don't, you know, again, don't try and justify and tell, no. And then if they have a question about it, they'll ask or whatever. And if not, they'll say, sure, let's go ahead. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much, Bob. This was such a valuable, amazing interview. And I'm so, so excited for our listeners to get that much value. So um, are there any last words you would like to share with us? Uh, you know, I, I think it really comes down to, and, and this is something that the, the, the people who follow you, the, the heart-centered sales 
people and entrepreneurs something they already do, and that is just always be asking yourself, how can I bring value to another human being? And then when you do that, you know, everything else will come along with it. And then be willing to receive the abundance that you have earned through the value that you've provided. Gorgeous, what an interview. I always love speaking to Bob. He is so inspiring and loving, heart-centered, and he knows how business works. He knows how sales works. So it's always so much fun. If you want to know more, just check out thegogiver.com. If you are interested in listening to more of Bob, I also have interviewed him for my Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass. Come on over to my page, christineschlonsky.com and check it out over there. And for today, here's again my invitation to change your sales mindset into a sales success mindset by actually using sales journaling prompts. And what are sales journaling prompts? Well, it's basically what you tell yourself to shift your mindset. So instead of saying, well, sales is hard, sales always feels sleazy or pushy, um, you just start shifting your mindset. And I have written down in a PDF the sentences that I used to shift my mindset, and I'm sharing them with you in the success library. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. Schlonsky is S-C-H-L-O-N-S-K-I and pick up your sales journaling prompts today. Have a wonderful day. Remember, subscribe so you get the notifications and share with your friends and business partners so they can tune into these amazing interviews as well. And uh, yeah, have fun and tune in for the next episode. Bye for now.